sweating beneath the high sun in their masks and leathers, the cultists of the Dragon Queen were led through the impressive gardens of the dull-spade villa by a drow who walked with a slight limp. At the head of their party, a man wearing blue robes showed no sign of discomfort in the heat. His dark, well-groomed beard framed his already handsome features and complemented the oaken hue of his skin. He paused a moment to admire a patch of brightly colored ferns growing along the path, and his followers halted immediately behind him, as did their guide. Each of the cultists were armed, some of them with crossbows, while others carried swords and knives. When they had passed through the entryway to the villa, the guards had made no attempt to disarm them, an obvious sign that their host did not think that they were a threat, and that he was in control of the situation. After a moment, the drow who had been guiding them spoke up, rather meekly. The master does not wish to be kept waiting. The cultist leader stepped back onto the path and began to follow his, their guide once more the cultists behind him falling in line, marching in almost perfect unison. After a moment, they left the lush gardens that they had been walking along for some time and emerged into a small courtyard that had been set as a dining area. A cleverly built system of sheer black fabric spread over the courtyard, cast a shade over the area, muting the sun, and nearly a dozen dwergar, resplendent in jewels and brightly colored clothes cut from expensive fabric, were seated around an ornate metal table, Plates set with all manner of food rest between them, as the Dwergar feasted with wild fervor, hoisting large tankards of ale and cheering one another. Servants continually took away empty plates and replaced them with new ones filled with fresh food. Some distance from the dining Dwergar, a quartet of Jensai, marked by the unusual hue and pattern on their skin, were basking in the, hot, in the sun. Three of them female and a male, they were being attended by human servants who were applying oils to their skin. They did not look up as the cultists emerged from the gardens. The drow who had guided the cultists through the gardens and met them at the gate stepped forward, coughing to draw attention to himself. <coughs> the Dwergar looked up from their meal, some of them with food still half-chewed in their mouths. The drow said, Runage the Blue and his attendants. At these words, Runage stepped forward, bowing slightly to the assembled Dwergar. Each of them smiled wickedly, at this sign of submission, at the head of the table, the largest of the Dwergar, who did not wear fine clothing, but instead wore chainmail and had a hammer close at hand, did not smile. He did not offer any sign of welcome. Runage rose from his bow and looked across the table at Bolt Dullspade, the leader of Clan Dullspade. I am happy to answer the call of an ally who is in need of our services. What is it that you wish to discuss? Bolt snapped his finger and a servant seemingly appeared out of thin air, carrying a comfortable chair, which he set at the far end of the table in the sunlight. Runage took the seat and was proffered a goblet of water that he barely sipped before setting it back on the table. I think it's time that we renegotiate our little arrangement. Runage looked displeased at these words, but he gestured for Bolt to continue. As I recall it, the deal was, you were supposed to supply us with coin and mercenaries, and in exchange, we were going to offer you an item that you had a particular interest in. Runage nodded. Those were the terms that we had agreed to, yes, as I recall them. Bulp frowned even more deeply. But as I recall our negotiation, you never quite mentioned what that particular item did. Or why you were so keen to get your hands on it. Runage leaned back in his chair. That is our affair. Your affair was to obtain the item. As to what we wish to do with it, that is no business of yours. 
with respect. You'd, you'd have the right of it there, but something told me that anyone who was willing to throw that much coin at my feet for some trinket in a monastery, there had to be a bit more to it than it just being an heirloom or a religious relic or something that you were going to leave hanging around in a treasure room somewhere. So I reached out to a few folk and had them look into the providence of that item. And I was surprised that you neglected to mention that it can control fucking dragons. Or that it can turn people into dragons. Runage betrayed no obvious sign of distress at these words. He merely took another sip of his water. If you know what the item can do, then I'm certain you understand why it is of particular value to my organization. It is of great significance to our queen, and it is also of great value to us. As agreed, we have delivered quite a sum of gold to you, and you have enjoyed the services of not only our mercenaries for some time, who have helped you to establish your firm control over this city, you have enjoyed the services of our elite members, who, as I recall, saved your life in the streets just a few days past. Bob slammed his fist on the table. Don't give me that shit! You knew exactly what you were doing. You were using me and my people to get you something that you couldn't get. And when you got impatient and had that monastery sacked like the stupid little bastards that you are, you brought everything down on our heads. Now I got people chasing me in the street trying to kill me. I got drow women trying to set me on fire or burn me hair off with lightning. And I got, and I've got people crawling up my ass like a hook hawk climbing a wall. You have been working behind the scenes this whole time to fuck me over. And I'm sick of it. Runage toyed with the stem of his goblet. I can see that you are displeased and I understand why our need for secrecy would cause your anger. I cannot turn back the wheel of time, but we have been patient with our arrangements. You were to have delivered the item some time ago, and you have not. As I understand it, you still rely on the coin we proffer to fund your expeditions here. If our patronage were to be withdrawn, you, I think, would find yourself very quickly with impatient servants. And as I know it, patience is a thing that can be stretched only so far, like someone who were to be stretched on a rack. Is that a threat? Merely an observation. You have led your people out of the Underdark. We employed you because you promised us you could obtain the item, which you did. The brand was to be delivered to us so long as the flow of coin and mercenaries continued to come to you. We have listened to your delays. We have been patient. Now it is time for you to deliver on your end of the arrangement. If you are unhappy in the terms you negotiated, that is regrettable, but they are the terms you have negotiated. I'm renegotiating the terms. I've been given a new mission, and you're going to help me with it. I do not speak for my organization solely. I am but one voice among many. But if your terms are reasonable, and they result in you carrying out the agreement, I will do what I can. What is it that you would ask of me? I need dragons. No, I'm sorry. We will not send 
any dragons to your aid whatsoever. They are not creatures that you will command, and I think you can understand that were you we to do so, we would have no guarantee that you would not use the brand to turn them against our organization. We will continue to supply you with mercenaries, if that is your wish, and we will continue to supply you with gold, if that is your wish. But you will not have a dragon from us. That's what I thought you'd say. See, here's the thing. Dragons are really your big trump card. You send one of a... If people don't answer to mercenaries or threats or bribes, you just send in the fucking dragons. And they burn everything or melt everything or they just land on your fortress and crush your head. But, see, I have a lot of friends and they tell me stories. Stories from faraway places. Places I've never been. Places like Greenest. Have you ever been to Greenest? For the first time, Renaja's face fell, but he immediately seemed to regain his composure. I have, yes. See, from what I hear, you're intimately familiar with it because you got your ass kicked there by a handful of adventurers. A handful of nobodies. Beat your, one of your dragons, chased it off like a dog in the street, and sent your mercenaries running. That is a falsehood, I'm afraid. There were a party of individuals who did claim the lives of some of our members, but we lost interest in Greenest. We sought not to sack the city, but to take its gold, which we did in abundance. I see. So the fact that one of your dragons flew over the keep and got peppered with arrows and half-blinded was just a coincidence. It didn't happen. My organization has operated in good faith with you for some time, Bulb. That good faith cannot continue if you do not carry through on your side of the bargains that we made. See, my organization's a little bit different than yours. Your organization, as I understand it, is all about getting gold and getting dragons to rule over everything. I've been ruled over by things my whole life. My clansmen ruled over by things our whole lives. We were slaves. We were prisoners. We were the lowest rung on the ladder, stepped on by every dark, scaly fucker in the underdark. And I'll tell you this, when I left home, I took every one of my people with me because I knew I could give them a better life. I knew there was something that was better than what, than festering away like a fungus down in the dark. So I brought them here to the light. I brought them up. Me, Bulp Dullspade, Dawnbringer. My people are well seen to. My people have coin, they have work, and they have a life. More than we ever had below. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let you and your scaly fucking lizards come in here, take something that you're going to use to rule the whole damned world. And make us slaves again. I don't need you to have dragons. And I don't need you to have coin. If our arrangement displeases you, you can get fucked and climb out of here real quick. Because guess what? You're not the only one with dragons, little man. Runaj's hand slipped to a ring he wore. If you wish to negotiate with a different party, that is your affair. But I warn you, there will be consequences for breaking favor with the queen. See, I think that was a threat. I think you're, you're in my house, and you're surrounded by my friends, and you just threatened me. So, I don't like threats. I don't like you, 
and I don't like your fucking queen. So I'm going to give you this one chance to get the fuck out of here before I have my friends kill you. Standing from the table, Runage gave the slightest of bows. I will return to my people, and we will answer this insult in kind. You have not done your clan a service this day, Bolt. You have not done yourself a service this day. This was foolish. You threatened me again. Now, now I, I do have something to say to that. Several cultists cried out as they turned their gaze towards the sky. Bells chimed throughout the city. Screams echoed up from streets. Runage was not there to hear any of it. The moment he heard the echo of the wings, he turned the ring on his finger and vanished in a flash of blue light. The cultists who had been with him were engulfed in a blast of fire as a dragon swept over Bulk's villa. 